HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food. Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Dude. What's up? Been a couple weeks. It has. Snowstorm we, we crushed us out. a little bit. Uh, plus, you were out of town. I was out of town. So it's kind of good. You know, I like doing the show with you more than without you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, man. Same. <laughs> um, so, uh, unfortunately, we had a, we had two shows last Wednesday. We were doing a pre-record. Mm, right. Um, and then... We'll reschedule uh, everybody. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, totally. It was going to be Miles from Scrappy's Bitters, which, of course, I was excited to talk about bitters, but he lives out in San, uh, San Francisco, so sadly, he was all the way here in town to only get snowed out. Yeah. But he, uh, I guess he's got a lady friend over here now, so he's over here a lot, so we'll get him back. Uh, and then cool. Angus Winchester, who supposedly lives here, but mo- <laughs> mo- mostly lives on an airplane. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get him on. I want to talk to him about, uh, he's, he's heading up uh, Bar Convent, Brooklyn, which yeah. will be later which this summer. Really we want to get about. him on before that happens, but... Totally. I don't know how the schedule's going to work. We may have to do an outside recording somewhere with our little Zooms. Yeah, totally. And get that on. But last week, you were also away. Yeah. I was, uh, man, I went on a really great trip with uh, 
Tim Master and Jim Carrell. Who's Tim Master? What does he do? He's uh, he works for Frederick Wildman. He uh, mostly does uh, chartreuse. Oh, so really? We yeah, to, never heard of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a it was a, an amazing trip. Got to go to the uh, the monastery up in the mountains. It was mind blowing, and uh, got to go to the distilleries. All three of the existing distilleries. There's the one that's basically ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't tell them about this, but uh, I took a little piece of slate from the ruins from this uh, the one that was. Like they stopped using it in the 1800s, and uh, I also found an old rusty horseshoe. I was like, "This is a this is like an omen. This is this is meant for <laughs> me meant to take, you. right?" Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Then we went to uh, the the new di- like functional distillery, which is not going to be available to tour, but the one in Voron, which is where it's, like Chartreuse has been made for since uh, you know since the Tarragona days, mm-hmm. um, and before that even. Uh, so that's more of their tour touring facilities. They still have a bunch of chartreuse in the basements in the uh, the giant barrels, and uh, but they're going to start producing it in another town, which they kind of told me not to tell you where it is because <laughs> they they don't want the monks to be uh, disturbed by uh, guests because they're they live in solitude and they yeah. they just want to like talk to God and uh, make chartreuse, which is like yeah. talking to God in its own way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and then we popped over to to. We got to go to a bunch of bars in Paris, which was awesome. Uh, met some really cool bartenders over there, and uh, and then popped over to Edinburgh for a couple of days and made some gin with Edinburgh gin folks, Finley, and uh, went to a bunch of great bars there. Man, the place is awesome. You ever been to Edinburgh? You went you went to Tales of the Cocktail. In I went to Tales on tour last year in yeah. Edinburgh. It was great. You know, I'm I'm Scottish of descent, so mm-hmm. uh, and that was my first time ever visiting Scotland, which is I'm obviously well overdue for. But I had a blast. Did you go up inside the Scots Tower? No. That thing is amazing. And it's only like, whatever, I don't know the money over there. But it's really inexpensive to go up there. But the thing was built in the late 1700s. Right. And it's this continuous spiral staircase that goes up some 300 feet. See, that that doesn't drive me in. I I have vertigo and also... I kind of do too, but that's (laughs) what makes me enjoy it. (laughs) Just going around in circles? Yes. A tight spiral. That's Uh, not cool, man. You're sick, dude. Yeah, I'm a little sick. (laughs) Anyhow, well, listen, while you were gone, we also got a whole bunch of mail. We sure did. Um, and some of it's laid out here on the table. And also, since we had a snow day, that's why we weren't on the air last week, um, uh, because it snowed here, and the studio went dark because Dave was afraid to come out in the snow. Thanks, Dave. Um, <laughs> it's my life, man. Yeah. I, I sat down, and I, I, you know what I found? I finally secured for us the Instagram of Speakeasy. So it's Speakeasy Podcast is our new Instagram. Uh, it's only got one photo up there so far, but I'm going to take a bunch of pictures of all this mail we got. We got... A couple of bottles of Natural Blonde Bloody Mary mix from my friend John Aquino down in South Carolina. He, he listens to the show all the time, and he makes a all-natural yellow tomato, uh, South Carolina yellow tomato Bloody Mary mix that's delicious, called Natural Blondes. We got that. That's so cool. We got a handmade, uh, really beautiful cutting board from Smith & Co. Builders up in Greenfield, Mass. Uh, that was sent down from my friend Sarah. Who also sent? Her... She has a bar called 815 Cocktails and Provisions in Manchester, New Hampshire. And they have a private, bo- uh, private bottling, private barrel of uh, Old Forester single barrel bourbon. This is awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, yesterday was National days. Whiskey Day. So yeah. Good right, timing. Right on time. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Thanks, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> and then to get, get, get on with the show, literally, yeah. uh, in the studio today we have our dear friend Aaron Reese, who has worked all over the city and is now heading up a new bar program in the Lower East Side. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> so Great to see you. you. Yeah. And you brought for us some delicious Sotol, which we've already cracked open and started sipping on. Sure have. 
because there's no time like the present. I know. I think I might need actually need more. <laughs> oh yeah, you're empty. <laughs> yeah, you're. Southern, stop talking. Yeah. A little bit of the nerves. Mm, I had to self-medicate. What are you? Second. What are you nervous about? <laughs> We talk to people every day. That's our job. This is true. Yeah. I normally don't have a microphone this close in my face. Oh, yeah. but <laughs> uh, so, told, so tell me about Sato. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Damon in the book. He's going a whole book of puns. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, t- well, this is a great place to begin, I guess. T- talk to us about what we're drinking and why did you choose to bring us this today? Um, honestly, I haven't actually... It's been a little while since I've drank some of the Sotol, and I really love this stuff, especially because agave is such a popular category these days and this technically isn't agave but it you know it is a mexican spirit um but it's actually one of the only ones that's actually uh what is the word i'm looking for sustainable i'm sorry Hmm. when when they actually go and harvest the the plant they can actually use it up up to about six more times it's it keeps living which is kind of cool you're still getting all those nice smoke notes getting all the same things that you would traditionally find in um an agave that in mezcal that i really love so i thought that this was kind of a fun Product to bring on and yeah, I, I'm, share, I'm, crack I'm, up with you guys. I'm definitely yeah. it's delicious. Thank you. And I'm definitely getting before we were on the air. Damon mentioned horseradish. It's kind of got this horseradish it's vibe. Like potatoey horseradish. It's got like a lot <clears> of like <throat> green, like almost like almost like has a green pea leaf kind of vibe, like on the palate. Yeah. It's like super grassy. It's really cool. It's really yeah. cool stuff. This is delicious. Yeah. Do you do you want to do you want to shout out the brand or do you care? Oh sure. Um, it's a Tolpor Siempre Forever Sotol essentially. Kind of going back to the idea that it is sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around for the long run. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully nice. people keep drinking it. Well, this is good that you brought this because I first met you when you were working at my OL in uh, the East Village, like a long time ago. Yeah, that was, gosh, eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Were you at my OL from the very beginning? I came on within the first year that they were open. Yeah. Wow. So pretty much it seems, rest in peace, my OL. Yeah. Sixth Street Mafia. Yeah, RIP. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> So, yeah, well, let's talk about you some. Uh, that's why you're here. Uh, tell us about how you, where are you from? How did you get into this business in general? Um, originally from Portland, Oregon. I moved out here from... I w- PDX. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, went to, d- went to school in Seattle and then decided to finally just, like, make the breakout to New York. Um, and when I first came out here, I was actually trying to, like, get into, I was doing my hardest to actually get out of the hospitality industry, <laughs> which is awful to say, but at the same point, I just wasn't doing anything that I really, really enjoyed at that point. Um, well, what do you mean get out? So you were, you were going to college, you were working somewhere yeah, I was to, working, to get like, through, yeah. I, but I was, I, was, yeah, I was working, I just started working in bars right when I, about this transition time. Um, I'd worked in restaurants for years and years, but it was, it was just kind of like, you know, I did the whole good old chain restaurants back in the day, which, you know, I, I love that I did that because I kind of, you know. Yeah instilled a lot of work ethic in me. Um, but then I worked in some bars that I just kind of, where other people were understood the whole cocktail scene, I just, I didn't really get it yet. I remember Robert Hess actually was one of my first regulars. <laughs> he'd no like, pressure. <laughs> he'd come in with his Palm Pilot. I didn't, I had, didn't really have any idea who he was, but come in with his Palm Pilot and he'd be like, Aaron, you know, have me make a a la Louisiana. I'd be like, oh, that's great. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I gotta stir this Manhattan or this, this classic for him. I, you know, I'm used to just shaking them every other time. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely started starting to learn, but I just didn't appreciate it. I didn't, I had no idea. Um, but then when I moved out to New York, I was just like looking into, um, I started interning at a couple of galleries and I absolutely hated it. Cause I was trying to figure out what I, what I wanted to pursue the rest of my degree in. And, uh, at that same point, I actually got a job working with, um, Tony Abuganem when he opened up Bar Milano. 
And that and kind some of like lucky bounces right at yeah, the beginning. Sure. <laughs> Robert Hess is my first regular. Tony Abuganum. Yeah. Is my first gig in New York. It worked out well. I remember filling out the application for the interview process and it was like, name four types of gin. I was like, excuse me? I had no idea there was more than one type of gin. So I was well, a little see, more intrigued. Dry, so that means there must be wet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so I got more intrigued and then after I started working with Tony, I finally was like, oh, okay, this is actually more of like an outlet for me, like artistically in a way, like, you know, building drinks and flavors and I appreciated the, we brushed the a little bit past more. it. What, what, maybe you're alluding to it. What did, what did you, what were you in college for or you, what were you schooling for? I was going to school for art history and I was getting, my plan was to work in galleries and it just, I, I interned for six months and it was like the worst six months. Like every month we'd like bring in a new artist and that was awesome. We'd work with a week with the artist and they'd, you know, talk to you about their, their insight and how they go about how they do things and you'd help them set up their installation and then they would leave. (laughs) And then the next three weeks was like this completely white room with, you know, beautiful pieces in it. But then the people that worked there were just so miserable. They'd be like, Oh, you don't have a million dollars to spend on this piece of artwork. Yeah. I don't even want to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. And like, they also just had this weird lifestyle of like, you know, They'd always like, you know, have all these like expensive handbags and all this stuff, but like, you know, no one could afford to actually do anything. It's yeah. like, <laughs> not that that was the, not the reason, but it was just like kind of this weird industry that I like didn't have any. Well, you escaped. Any desire. I did. Tony Abuganum <laughs> threw you a life, uh, a life, life preserver. He yes, thank you, you, Tony. Out, he pulled you out of that <laughs> mire. Um, and you worked with him where at the uh, uh, Bar Milano, right? <clears throat> which was over on Third and Twenty Fourth Street mm-hmm. with um, Joe Denton. Man, that's a while back. Yeah, mm-hmm. about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And then you're scrapping your way through that place. And then how'd you find yourself at Maya Well? Uh, funny story. I feel like Phil always hates when I tell the story, but I. Um, Phil hates every story. <laughs> yeah, he does. Sorry, um, right. he probably doesn't listen. He's too curmudgeonly to listen to us. I actually <laughs> found uh, Maya Well's ad on Craigslist actually, and I went in, and my interview was at Death and Co. And uh, it was awful. <laughs> I walk in and Phil's just sitting in the back booth table and sits down and he's like super awkwardly quiet. And I'm like, I'm already just like a very shy person to begin with. So I just sitting there waiting for him to ask me questions. He's like, so uh, I hate doing interviews. And I was like, I hate having them. Like, cool. Yeah. And uh, then he just, you know, t- asked me a few other random questions. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to come see you bartend. And then it was actually at Louis 649 where I was working at the time. That's right. Which is now I Mace. forgot you worked there. Yeah. So many people came through that place. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, Joe Donahue from Holiday Cocktail Lounge used to work right. there. Uh, Damon was there for a second, Dyer. Uh, right. The other Damon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As we call him. Yeah. Uh, Chris Elford worked there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. What a weird yeah. little spot. And I I lived not far from there at the time. I lived on third, sorry, 14th between 1st and A. Oh, yeah, you're right and there. I would walk over there and they... I don't know if you remember this program that they had at that time. But they played live jazz music all the time, and they had, uh, oh, crush it, like Quint. Uh, and they had, um, I can't remember, it was like five different varieties of vodka. And you could get this, the, the bartender would come out from behind the bar and go down into the basement if you ordered this thing. And he'd come up with a cr- frozen carafe filled with the whichever vodka you had chosen in a bowl full of ice with frozen shot glasses. And you could sit there and like eat potato chips and listen to jazz and just drink some rocket cold vodka. Wow. And I fucking loved it. That's amazing. I've heard some stories about the old ownership. That's must have been back, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. I remember the, I, the only one I can remember was that that Stoli Elite. You know, with that weird cap yeah, on yeah. the top of it that weighs like 100 pounds. 
And I, oh, I would I'm just surprised they even had that. I would just go there on a hot summer day and sit there and just drink rocket cold vodka and eat potato <laughs> chips and listen to jazz music. Because sounds awesome. It was it was red. That place was red. Yeah, he no, was, it's no wonder that red people worked there. Yeah, mm. it was it was a fun spot. And now it's Mace, twenty fourth best bar in the world, or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice job, Nico. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so then you're at. Well, so well. wait, he, wait, wait! That's, don't, that's wait. too oh, quick a oh, jump. He didn't he came hire to, me, actually. He came to. Oh, <laughs> oh this, that's <laughs> the story goes on. So he came to see you at Milano. Is that where you still were? Uh, I'm sorry, Louis six four nine. Oh, sorry, at Louis six four nine. And uh, it was like one of those worst, like the perfect storm happened. Oh, like, yeah. I came in early to get all my stuff done because I knew Phil was coming in, and like they'd done all this construction in the bar and didn't tell me that it was happening. So I was like, at this point, there was no like. I was essentially the porter, the bar back, and yeah. the bartender. So, like, I was, like, juicing the juice, like, trying to get everything done. And, like, of course, like, Phil and Katie walk in at 6 o'clock. And I was, like... Katie Stead. Yep, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, what the fuck? Of course. And so... And then there happened to be, like, two of my regulars sitting here who have no idea that, that I'm actually interviewing to go somewhere. You planted <laughs> seeds in the audience. You should have told them right away. Like, hey, I listen. Know. Yeah. Make, make me, me look, look great. great. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. they, they did the opposite. Ask me questions that I know the answers to. Order things you know I can make great. Yeah, so, but they did that. But they did it to extreme level. Like, I had said that. They're like, everyone's so amazing. We love her. You guys have never been here before. And like, right, this whole, right. oh, God, it was. Too much butter on the bread. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was fine, but I also just didn't get a chance to really talk to. It was just such an awkward thing after, like, that such scenario that happened. So Phil went with somebody else. It was just totally fine. But then he called me nine months later. And then I ended up working my way. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Nine month process. Wow. <laughs> you know, it, it's Not it's all the wrong turns that got us to wherever we are now, and I think most of us feel okay about where we are now. Yeah. So sure. wrong turns are great. Yeah, yeah. I don't regret it. So you so <laughs> you didn't work at death in that beginning time. You went straight to Mywell, which was Phil's place. Yeah, I went I was at Mywell for three years and then I went over to Death and Co and split my time um for the last two years I was at Mywell. Yeah. And then you leveled up at death and you were the head bartender when you left, right? Yeah, I was there for I was head bartender for the last year and a half and I was there for four. Man, that's a that's a that's an impressive run at that place. It's a it's a it's a ball of stress. It is, man. Like it's yeah. just busy. It's just busy <laughs> every day, all the time, open to close. It's insanity there. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm nine doors down. I see I see the I trained there a couple few shifts and I I was like, dude. I can't work in this bar. It's not for it's me, like, man. It's I, like I need those like glass. I need like 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 night vision goggles. To, oh like, yeah, they keep in. the lights pretty I'm low. Too old for that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like it was that dark back in the day. But I went back for like their ten year anniversary. They had me do like a little guest shift and or like pop behind the bar for a little bit. And which I, was just this past New Year's, right? Uh, I oh, wait, think it was sorry, 11. one more. Yeah, 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 this was eleven. You're right. But I couldn't see anything. Yeah. It was bad. I was just like, oh. Dude, I, I was Dark in there. Jillian Vose was uh, that bartender, and she was just about to leave and go over to like Dead Rabbit and stuff. And she refused to have labels on all the cheater bottles, and so it's like pitch black <laughs> in there. You don't know what it, like any of the bottles are. You just have to like know exactly where they are. And there's like ninety cheater bottles, and luckily they're all like in the middle, and they're all different like mismatched bottles, but they're not all mismatched. So right, right. You gotta. You have to really know. I remember John Armstrong actually uh, went through and labeled them all day, and he's like super proud of himself because he like you know took the time to do it. Jill was so mad. She's like, <laughs> no, it's a rite of passage that you know what those are. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a little no. extreme, if you yeah. Ask me. No. I don't know why you want to build a system that's difficult on purpose. Oh, Jilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd, I'd rather have some labels than 
waste booze and like make someone the wrong drink. Waste booze, waste time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, you know, I see, yeah, like I see both sides. But yeah, I, sure. Exactly. Yeah. I see both sides, but at the same time. If you've time, got 20 like, cheater bottles, maybe uh, no Why are you making things harder for yourself? The liquor bottles are labeled. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's got a problem with that. <laughs> you know, if you don't like the little brother printer label, then take the time to go out and have fancy labels of your own made. That's what I do at Amore. So they do it polite provisions. Exactly. Yep. There you go. Then it looks uh, like you put some effort in, and effort is what people want to see all the time anyway. Yeah, man. Um, so we're moving right along. It's uh, definitely time to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors on the Heritage Radio Network. Uh, we'll come right back and catch up to what's going on currently with Aaron Reese, which is pretty exciting, and then we'll uh, we'll hear what she's got going now and what's what's coming in the future. And we'll drink some more Sotol. And we're drinking more Sotol. <laughs> I'm thinking about making a natural blonde Sotoli Mary. That would be delicious. Mm. Yeah, let's do that. Thanks, John. <laughs> My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Yeah. Yeah, thank right. you, Roberta's. You're super <laughs> awesome. Very, very, very awesome. Very awesome. All right. <laughs> um... All right, so, so here you, we are. So, we're on so the you, second half of the show. Yeah, yeah. So we're with Aaron Reese. Um, so you got through your trials and tribulations of working with Phil at MyWell, and then you jumped over to Death & Co. You were there for a pretty good stint as the head bartender. Then you moved out of there. Where'd you go from there? We're trying to get, get you caught up to where you are now. I know um, there's only a couple spots in the middle there. but Yeah, there's a couple spots in the middle. Um, one I won't mention. Okay. Uh, the other. <laughs> That's fair. We've all got those in our closet. Yeah. Uh, the other one I actually worked with the guys over at the the Woolly Public, which is oh, down, right. down uh, in the bottom of the Woolworth Building. Uh huh. Beautiful space. Uh, it was really yeah, kind of fun to be able to work in such an iconic building. Mm-hmm. Um, did a great little program over there, and then um, yeah, I w- ended up uh, kind of like deciding to go a different direction, and then we decided to go to um, start working with the guys at Freeman's. Right, Freeman's Alley, which is uh, a pretty. How 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 long has that place even been there? I think they're almost fourteen years old. Yeah, it's which is in New York. That's like it's like dog years here. So that's like <laughs> that's like eighty year old restaurant. In also, the, anywhere else in the country. Also, another place that a lot of really talented people have gone through. True that, absolutely. Maxwell Britton, Alaska Fadden, like there's tons of them, and yeah. it's really cool. Like for those who haven't been there, it's in this little alleyway uh, in the Lower East Side. That's just kind of like there's there's a the Freeman Sporting Good spot and then you've got like their clothing and barber shop and then you go down this alley and right at the very end of it is Freeman's and it's this great little restaurant. Um actually not little. No, it's pretty big actually. And yeah. it winds and twists. It's got all these different rooms and stairways. Yeah, and that's massive. It's like house. the Winchester Mystery House. You know what I mean? <laughs> what you it's got little pockets and Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what that is, the Winchester Mystery House? I don't think so. It's old old lady Winchester of the Winchester Guns when her husband died, she, they were in the middle of building their home. Oh, I and oh, yeah. she she had this cra- she went crazy basically and so she had 
She had this weird superstition that if she didn't continue building right, the house right, right. 24 hours a day, that things would go wrong. So she just had construction teams building stuff. So there were in that house, there are stairways that go nowhere, right. doors that go nowhere, whole room that's just all doors. You know, crazy. So yeah, Freeman's kind of has that feel. It's got like, it, it kind of kept growing organically, right? Like Roberta's actually. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Similarly. But, but I think the, the multi-levels give it that second dimension. You know? There are multi-levels here, man. There are? Oh yeah, man. You just you got to know the right people. <laughs> man, Roberta's is super awesome. You'll, you'll get there, Southern. Don't oh, worry thanks. about it. It gets my two-year badge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you're you've so, you started so a bar inside of a, a pretty iconic restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, started construction about August. <clears throat> Took a little while, and we finally did our opening, kind of end of December. And started having some little friends and family. Southern actually came, yeah. came, which was really lovely to have you in. Thanks. Um, Super lovely to be there. I still remember that octopus. We'll talk about that. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll circle back. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been open. It's been about like a week and a half into January is when we finally first, finally just decided to throw the doors open. And and now, so you did a little friends and family kind of four days a week for a while. Are you full? Are you seven days now? Or we're six days. Six days. What day are you close? Every day but Monday. Every day but Monday. That's cool. Yeah, it's been going really well so far. And what's the so you know, it's called? Yeah, it's, it's oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all uh, right. It keeps the audience listening. They're like, God uh, damn it, say the name. <laughs> Banzerbar. 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 Tell us about this program. Yeah, and um, also that name. As yeah. I know, it's got a history too. So we wanted to kind of stick, stick with like the whole colonial look of Freeman. So the woodwork is beautiful and still the same throughout uh, Banzerbar as well. Um, we also decided to go a little bit. Um, kind of take a little bit more exploration and adventure with this bar. Um, and we kind of drew in a little bit of maritime. So it was like kind of like mid-1800s, kind of back when like the spice trade was a big deal and kind of being able to go and explore new places and bring – when kind of I guess the whole idea is when someone, someone's home back in the day and like in England was like you go and like explore and then bring back all these like spices and herbs and um, like decorative masks and beautiful artwork and stuff that you can decorate your home with. Kind of the the vibe we were kind of going with for Banzer Bar. Cool, and do the yeah, because Freeman's has this look of like you said colonial. I feel like it looks like a it's very lodgy feeling. There's a lot of wood everywhere. There's, a lot of taxidermy. there's taxidermy. There's like tons of cool. more, more so than like uh, taxidermy. Just lots of skulls. Yeah, and cool yeah. like <laughs> I don't know, cool like antique looking mirrors and frames on old looking photos. You know, it's it's like they a were little, definitely one of the first. I would say that they've always of, looked that way. Yeah, they were like one of the. They kind of like led a trend of like uh, interior design in New York City, uh, in like bars and restaurants, which actually ended up expanding out to, you know, other 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 businesses. Marks. Yeah, yeah, other businesses, mm-hmm. other cities. And sure. Like, oh yeah, that too. It's definitely like a thing, you know. And I feel like they were one of the first to do that, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't think uh, of anyone I mean, else from that time that like would have had a, a decor like that. We can think about it. Unless it was like legitly, like Still legitimately from like from that like hundred years yeah. ago or whatever. Yeah, it's a very well. The bottom line is, it's a very unique space. Yeah, um, and they serve really delicious, like hearty kind of food. You know, bone marrow and yeah, very rustic braised, American. Yeah, braised yeah. meats and totally. yeah, stuff like that. Um, which go well with cocktails. Which do go well with cocktails. Hearty food and and robust drinks. So, but Banzer Bar, it, so they have all these little twisty, windy spaces in there. So they just sort of made a little tuck in the back corner of the second floor somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and you've got a, a small seating. What do you got? 18 seats, you told me? Uh, 20 seats. Oh, 20. Yeah. Oh, up by two. <laughs> crazy, crazy big. <laughs> it's a big jump. That's a lot of percentage jump from 18. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Um, and yeah, so now tell us about the program because I got to enjoy it. Have you been yet, Damon? No, man. Oh, okay. He hasn't been yet. We got to go. I've been out of town, man. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> since, since December. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's true. You haven't been around. Um, but it's it's basically in my neighborhood. Love, we can go over there one night and, and enjoy the, the service style because it's a unique style, too. It's not just, uh, you know, here's a menu or a drink, whatever. So talk about what you're doing over there. Well, we kind of and, and also kind of why. Sure. Um, when they when we kind of got together and started talking about what they wanted to do with this bar space upstairs, um, they also talked about like the fact that there's a million cocktail bars that open every week, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a million so much, but um, <laughs> you know, just a lot of cocktail bars that open, and there's not a lot that like differentiate them. They're like, yeah, oh, you get great cocktails here. It's like that's kind of their their thing. They don't really have much more um, more of a description to offer, essentially, to their what their program is doing differently than anyone else. So we decided to kind of do, um, to focus on doing a tasting menu. Mm-hmm. And we did low mm-hmm. ABV tasting menu paired with seafood. So that's been really kind of a fun thing to do. Um, it's kept it really inter- interesting for me personally with like chef going back and forth and like changing it up all the time. And especially because of what's in season and playing around with that. Um, we also offer a six, um, six a la carte cocktails. So you can actually, if you choose not to do, um, enjoy the tasting menu, you can actually go off and do some of our other menu items. Um, and then we also offer some small bites. And then, as you were alluding to earlier, we offer the, the Kraken, which is the two-pound tempura fried Portuguese octopus. Did you hear that, Damon? Yeah. The Kraken. <laughs> it's a two-pound deep fry. It's whole. They leave it whole. So it comes out on the plate. It's just this crazy tempura monster That's... that you have to then battle to the death with. Yeah, it's an easy win. All right. It's an easy win. They've definitely incapacitated, <laughs> uh, but it's also just floor stompingly delicious, like really good. Um, and we had it. I don't think we really kind of followed the protocol as it was supposed to be. And we, I can't remember who I was there with Natalie, but someone sat right next to us. Uh, and, Jacob from uh, Mother's Room. That's right. Jacob yeah. from Mother's Room was sitting right next to us, and so we started kind of tag teaming our experience with his because he was just on his own. So then it became the three of us, and then we went through the whole. Th- thing whatever it was and then we were like let's get that octopus <laughs> <laughs> even though they were low abv cocktails i think we were i think you're a little you were, you were sliding us little things in between along the yeah. way yeah. <laughs> exactly um but i love that notion too that it's low the the tasting is a low abv experience because uh you know i think those kind of things you use a lot of sherries and fortified wines in those cocktails and mm-hmm. uh vermouths i think those kind of things are are very suited for for eating savory foods and those foods were Really, especially seafood, deliciously yeah. savory. Yeah, and so, so uh, that part I had to I had to get a little explanation on. And I don't know if you've you've gotten it out there in the press better, but why why does it lean seafood? Because I guess I feel like the rest of the restaurant doesn't. Even what I just named, I was like braised meats and bone marrow. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, we essentially started just because like the whole it was explorers. We actually started like focusing on the maritime bands of our also to um, we derived the name from an acronym for the British. <laughs> to mess this up. New Zealand and Australian um, expedition, expedition to Antarctica. Right. So we kind of were playing around with a lot of like maritime travel. So we decided to kind of go with seafood as our opening thing. And like, you know, it's a little bit more elevated space. So we thought we could play around with a little bit more fun, like oysters and things like that. Yeah. Plus the size of the space and that, that, cause you're right. You walk through, you have to walk through obviously Freeman's Alley at the restaurant to get to Banzer Bar. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're seeing all these tables and, that whole like, like we just described that whole vibe that's going on, and then you get up there and it's like tiny space, elegant seating, and then the first thing that lands is like this beautiful little crystal 
miniature glass of, I don't even remember what you poured us first, some sherry, maybe, I don't know. Oh, you're drinking the Aaron Burr Appinette. Yeah, and it was sitting on a little glass coaster with a gold rim that I can, I swear to God, I think I mentioned it to you that night. I'm, I'm feel pretty confident that my grandmother had that same set of coasters. <laughs> I've gotten that response a lot lately. Like that, and those must have been super popular because, and that way they're still around so you can find them. That's really cool. But the preciousness and the level that you can get into that because you've only got so few seats. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. can't have nice things at a Mori Margo. That's just the bottom line. I have to have glassware that's built to bounce. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And just, I have two kinds. I got nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, boy, would I love that. Like, there's a part of me that really enjoys that sort of... Oh, man. When I was working at ZZ's Clam Bar, yeah. that's, like, it, that, that's all it was. There, there, you would never be able to find something you could order on, like, Webstaurant store. Right. It was all sourced from, like, antique stores and, you know, like, just Thomas Wild, like, killing it on that presentation side, you know? Because that's what they want to do with that group. So, like, it's, you, but you can only do it in a room that small. Oh, yeah. No, completely. And you have to really, like, keep your eyes on everything because people will try to steal Oh, they'll anything. steal everything, man. <laughs> we've, been, we've been lucky so far. <laughs> it's not so... If, it, to, if, it's, if it's not bolted down, they'll try and steal it. And yeah. if it's bolted down, they'll still try and steal it. Oh, yeah. They'll bring a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, man. They'll, um, they'll size the place up and come next time prepared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you they, know? they definitely wanted the, the space to be very transportative and be very different than what Freeman's was. Because it was going to be def- obviously an elevated experience, so they didn't want to have to be like people coming up there, like getting almost the same cocktail or sure. thing, and be like, "Oh well." No, it's radically different. The yeah. the bar at uh, at the bar at the restaurant is very. Uh, I don't want to say it's it's no bones, but it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's you get a Hemingway daiquiri and a decent martini, maybe a Gibson. Like it's, but yeah, so you, but so, I, so it's a different thing for sure. That to me is. Uh, I think that's where where it's at nowadays, man. Because like we've we've definitely like we've seen that. I'm not saying we've done it all. I'm just saying I'm we've we have done a lot of stuff. You know, like over the past ten years, fifteen years. I man, I want to go to a place and have like a really well made like Gibson and a really beautiful like antique crystal glass and just like be transported, like you were saying. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's what I look for in bars nowadays. I don't I don't need to have like. Uh, butterfly or pea, whatever. Butterfly <laughs> pea flower. Pea flower. <laughs> yeah. like, butterfly pea flower. Whatever. I don't need to have a drink that changes color while I drink it. I don't need that. Uh, yeah. I don't I need mean, a I, unicorn I, swizzle. I, I think there's <laughs> different types of uh, transportation, like transportative vibes, like it's you know, like with tiki drinks and like sure, with, absolutely, with something that's like super garden fresh, like West Coast style or like molecular, you know. It, it, but like for me, it's like personally, like I just love a good, strong, classic drink, well executed and a beautiful serving uh, vessel, you know. That's, yeah, I get it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you most of the time. But don't forget, I also feel like, we talk about this all the time, by the way, but I feel like how it all has a place in the Pantheon, you know. Sure, Like I, I, I jokingly say to people when I'm trying to explain this notion, I'll say, I'm thinking about getting fish for lunch tomorrow. You want to go with me? I'm thinking either McDonald's or Bernadette. They both serve fish. <laughs> yeah. Right? But it's a totally different experience. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Right? So, you know, I like all the bars for what they are. And speaking of that transportive nature, like, you've got it in spades over there. Because, first of all, you're cruising along the East Village, Lower East Side, rather. And you pop into this alleyway that transports you into sure. this, like you said, sort of colonial vibe restaurant. That then you have to walk through most of it up some stairs to then be moved into this space that is Panzer Bar. Like, it's, there's a lot of yeah. levels of, like, you really shake off the city of New York on the way to that room, and then by the time you're in there, you're in this whole new thing. And then, then, then like I said, that sort of, that little precious glass lands, and it's so pretty, and, and you're in this room that's 
new but feels comfortable. Like you've got a lot of go- lot going on there. Yeah, it's been really fun to be able to to have that and play around with that, and especially just. It definitely you're, you're manipulating people in oh, a good totally. in the best sense in the best <laughs> sense of the word. You know, like I love. To, to, I love to be manipulated into having the best time I can have at a space that I've never been to, like ma- making me do what I'm supposed to be doing here. And I think just getting to that room does a lot of that for you. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they're in there, you've got them in the palm of your hands. <laughs> Makes my job really easy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not take, I wouldn't go that far. I'm sure the job's tough. It always is. But, but like you're, you're really, you're moving people to, a, to another place. I don't know. I had a great time. You got to go with me. Let's go. We'll get that fucking octopus. I, we get one each and race. You ain't squidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. So, uh, uh, we have puns. There we go. <laughs> sorry. Um, Don't be sorry. Good God. No apology needed. <laughs> I haven't even finished my Satoli yet. It's bad, y'all. It's uh, bad that I'm making these jokes like this. Um, so, amazing. we skimmed past some, pr- I think, very important parts um, mm. about. So, you. rewind. What's up? It's like, you were. Uh, you won Speed Rack? What was that, last oh, year that's or two right. years ago? Yeah, you're like some Six kind of badass. Ago? Six years ago? <laughs> yeah. I remember it like it was some, yesterday. Some oh, years ago, yes. Yeah, back in the day. Label out. Yeah, talk so, about that. That was, yeah, that was so that had to be an crazy. awesome thing. Yeah, it what was is that? awful. What? What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, fun. Like, like, tr- oh. like tr- what was like the training regiment? Like, what did it do with your career after you won? Like, Sp- Speed Rack is amazing. I, I, I can't, like, say enough praises about it because it was like it definitely did a lot for me and it was great it's done so much for women in the bar industry and brought out women yeah. that normally wouldn't think that they'd even do stuff like this and like which it's it's amazing um so like the, it's, i said it was awful because it was so stressful well sure yeah. of course but also it's like everything it's like everything I'm, cool is hard you know if surfing was easy then everybody would do it and it wouldn't be cool fair. <laughs> yeah. but it must have been like a crazy like just outside of the like your your personal training for it and and like kind of like chopping it up and then like then just I mean I can imagine just like the networking alone going through that whole thing and like the friendships you made and like the connections and everything it must have been wild you know like I'm sure you know everyone now <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know everybody but uh, no but it was it was definitely a great experience um, Ivy and Lena came up with like that's such a, such a wonderful concept and yeah, it's ins- it's insane. It's definitely made me a better bartender, like faster. Like, I think luckily working at Death and Co at the time when I won, like it was just like the million bottles that you kept talking about that are unlabeled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having to pick them up on busy nights, like definitely helped uh, get me ready for that. But yeah, that was insane. What what did it bring for you? Like, what what changes happened for you personally when when you were you know when you when you took the title? Did job offers come rolling in? Did uh, the media come rolling in? Did, did brands want sponsor want to sponsor you? What, anything? Um, I mean, I had some. <laughs> what was the upside to all this stress? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I already had some of that because of where I was working course, at the time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I definitely got a ton of press, which was really lovely. I got to, um, yeah, you I mean, increase your day rate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's yes. a, that's a valid <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, thing. Totally. Listen, man, wait till this book drops. My day rate's gonna triple. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, very much smarter, so. Smarter, not harder, man. <laughs> Look who's here. <laughs> Max Green. Tell him to come in. Uh, so, yeah, Speed Rack, pretty, pretty amazing thing in general. And very amazing that you won it six years ago. It doesn't seem like that long, man. Because, yeah, I, like, I, I remember, like, being so, like, 
I've always been a huge fan of yours. I just want to go ahead and say that. Like, I have, you know what? I've like totally professed my love for you a billion <laughs> times. Um, but I just remember like, like, because I wasn't at that speed rack, unfortunately, um, when you won. But I remember like seeing it, uh, seeing the photo of you, and you had your hands like thrown up in the air, and it was just like still perfect eyebrows as you always have just like, it was such a great photo and you were just like boom like done and then it was like she won holy shit i was like i was like i'm kind of tearing up right now actually like just thinking about that yeah, yeah. It's, it's an emotional thing man yeah. um i'll embarrassingly say that uh, pretty much every speed rack i've been to i've not remembered the end um, <laughs> well, you walk around this room and it's like There's you're just so in a giant party of everybody who you know and yeah. love and they've all got a table set up and they just want to pour stuff on you and you know, it's an exciting day, so you probably don't eat enough. And yeah, the next thing I know, I'm like, just I got to get in the cab and go. Who won? I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though I just saw it, I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's a great thing, and it raises a lot of awareness for a great cause. Uh, for those listening, of course, Speed Rack uh, raises money for uh, breast cancer and women back the rack. Um, and then also, you sent me a little short bio, which I appreciate. It helps me catch up on on people who I I know or I think I know. Um, you, you were my neighbor for a long time, right there on Sixth Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Lupec, I didn't know you were a founding member of Lupec. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done and much is, in the last few years. Actually, Ladies United for the Preservation of the Endangered Cocktail. Yeah, started in Philly, and Boston is like still the most like there. There's like Misty and um, Misty Cockman, yeah. um, uh Kitty are on are still kind of like definitely moving that forward, and they. You know, they've written the book as well, and they're still working on some other stuff. But yeah, I mean, Lynette's one of the other ones who definitely keeps it going for sure. But I was the secretary in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> how long it's been. <laughs> That's rad, too, though. You know, like, not everything takes off with such, you know, as hard as, say, Speed Rack did. But at least that these things are out there and that they're getting going, they're getting attention, and they're, they're getting, you know, I, I think. I mean, maybe this is the year for Lupec to come storming back in with all the things that are going on, you know? Sure. Totally. Like, let's let's get women back into the forefront. You know, we make an effort here on the show to try and be fair and balanced and have, have I try and make it about 50% women uh, that, that we invite on to be guests and get them in here so that it doesn't sound like just a, a boys club hanging out in a transit box in the middle of a pizza <laughs> joint in, <laughs> in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, so you're doing some great stuff. Uh, well, also, like... I, I love having guests on the show like Aaron who are like extremely dynamic because it also shows you that there are so many different facets to this industry. And there's so many things that you can be doing or could be done that haven't been done yet. You know, like everything from like just being part of the, like from being a barback to like uh, an author and journalist to being, you know, someone who's an advocate for the, the many different uh, types of people who work in this industry you might be a, a liquor license attorney. I don't know. Like, there's just like, there's so many. What's cool about it is like, there's so many facets of it, and they all come together, and there's like this common thread. And you don't necessarily have to be one or the other to be part of like what I think is still the greatest industry that exists. Yeah, I mean, how lucky are we, man? This is. Yeah. Uh, I, Every wrong turn, turn I've took in my life has brought me here, which is the best place I've ever been. Yeah. Thanks, man. And then we get to be here and hanging out with Aaron Reese. And and heroes and, <laughs> and you know, 
I, I, people ask me about the show all the time, and, and I'm, first of all, I'm humbled that so many people listen and approach us mm-hmm. outside of here, you know, and they, I don't think they get it, like how you've been doing this show for seven plus years, I've been on for almost two, we don't get paid a dime to do it, we do it because we get to sit in this room and talk to people that we respect and that we consider our heroes, and like, who else gets to do that? Who else gets to like have heroes and idols in their in their chosen industry that they get to hang out and talk to? Yeah. That they can just like text up and say, "Hey, you want to be on the show this week?" <laughs> like I texted <laughs> her two days ago. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh shit, thank you." <laughs> I, need a, I need a guest because I was like, I kind of forgot, you know, we we were gonna we planned on having the pre recorded show play today, so I was like, "Oh, we're off this week, right?" Um, yeah. So I, I, well, a couple you know, days ago, I was like, "Through oh, stormy shit. weather comes a little bit of sunshine." Oh, Aww. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Claire, and it's been great having you on. Do you, do you have any uh, social media you want to plug for yourself or the bar or whatever? Um, no, you can just find us. Uh, you can reserve at banzarbar.com. And it's B-A-N-Z-A-R-B-A-R, yes. banzarbar.com. Um, and you can go get involved in that really charming and unique space and, and get a hold of that, uh, that, that very precious and cared for uh, um, tasting Cur- tasting situation curated curated that's the word <laughs> oh right so like you're still a curator there See? we go I never yeah. lost the art <laughs> art curator you're looping it right back around you get to be creative and cur- curative at the same time that's what happens and curative curative oh yeah. double double entendres it's like a pun I, I like I, nothing wrong with anything you just said <laughs> alright well, speaking of junk I just said, there's more junk for me to say. So the schedule is kind of screwed up because of uh, the snowstorm that happened last week. But we have upcoming, as I mentioned before, we've got uh, um, uh, Angus Winchester, um, Miles from Scrappies. I don't even know Miles' last name. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Cocktail Collins going to be on the show soon. Eric Medsker, Dana Pettit. Um, oh, Natasha David. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a photo on her Instagram of uh, uh, Elliot, right, running mm-hmm. around in the in the yard in their new home upstate, yeah. and it's like this unbelievably pastoral-looking scene in this huge multi-floor house. And I was like, "Is that your new house?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What the shit?" That like it looked like, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. There's one. The, the, the bathroom in that new house is probably bigger than my apartment in New York. <laughs> yet here we live doing our thing. Um, and then plus I'm trying to get a couple of, uh, I haven't bounced this off you yet, but I'm trying to get a couple of couples on the show who work in the business and maybe even some mm-hmm. couples who work, uh, conflicting. I got, I got one couple, I'm not going to name them cause they're not sure if they want to do the show, but that they both work for sep- for different brands <laughs> that are competitive, uh, two yeah. competitive brands. It's not like I work for a gin and you work for a bourbon. It's like we both work for a whiskey. <laughs> it's like me and my, my roommate, Robbie Nelson. Uh, yes, uh, two gins. Yeah. Uh, we got two of the five kinds, uh, one dry and one wet. Um, uh, one more f- uh, little plug for me. Um, I'm still involved in this Indiegogo campaign for a, a web series called Happy Hour History. Um, it's, a, it's a show that we're putting together that uses Monty Python-esque a- animation along with skit comedy and actual footage uh, and photos from, from a long ago where we tie cocktails into history. Um, it's called Happy Hour History. We're just at the halfway mark on our goal. We've got about two weeks to go. Please flip over to the Indiegogo for Happy Hour History and give us some support. There's some cool uh, incentives for, for different price ranges that you, that you put in. And then you'll get to see a show with me making drinks uh, uh, and talking about history, uh, which would be pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got for this week. What do you? What do yeah, you I just want to say thanks again to all the people who have been uh, donating stuff for our Hell, little studio yes. bar. You know, 
it's really coming together. Um, we got now, a couple of glasses from uh, Pellegrino. Oh we're, yeah, we're mm-hmm. looking for more glassware actually. Yep. Um, and uh, we've had some people sending us uh, some other fun stuff like bottles of booze and books and uh, shakers and and uh, obviously our friend Sarah sending us a cutting board and a whole Easter basket. She sent us candies. Yeah. And what a doll. And like hard boiled eggs, which there's a, a there's a inside joke story with that. From, uh, oh. Went running around with a couple of my bartenders, and uh, oh wait, uh-huh. it was I'm involved night. in this story. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm making this face that no one can see. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one. I didn't know. So she was part of this. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, she was there. No, like it. That's all coming together. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just, I'll tell you about it later. Uh, just, remember, <laughs> just remember, Mother of Pearl is vegan. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really great to have all the support. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't believe we didn't think of it earlier. Yeah, like it's, we're building a bar pretty quick. We got, I'm counting nine bottles already. Ten. Yeah, yeah right yeah. around there. Yeah. I have something I could bring in too that people have dropped off at uh, Grand Army. So uh, yeah, but also um, wanted to say that uh, outside of outside of that, um, just want to mention again that we finally. We've been very lazy about this for you know the entire time. Um, we do have our new um, Instagram account, Speakeasy Podcast, yep. and uh, so we'll be loading a bunch of stuff on there. Pictures of uh, the we've we've got a lot of back uh, yeah I'll back, go, back catalog. I'll go of find some of those. We'll, we'll we'll file them in there. Plus, I just took yeah. a bunch of pictures today of all the stuff that people sent us. Yeah. So uh, again, this beautiful handmade cutting board from Smith and Company Builders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, please uh, give us a follow on Instagram. Yeah, at Speakeasy Podcast. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Go to HeritageRadioNetwork.org to click on the beating heart to donate to the station and check out more programs like this one. Aaron Reese, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Thank you for having me, Souther. It's good to be back. Good to see yep, you always. Um, and until next week, cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. <laughs> So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and that sound. It's gonna get you sound in the air. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.